I'm Stuart Varney. I'm Harris Faulkner. I'm Chris Wallace, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Thursday, July 2nd, 2020. I'm Trey Inkst. Supply chain issues in the age of COVID-19 often highlight the need for decentralization. And when you have one port plant that's processing 5% of the the country's port supply, it just puts us in a really vulnerable position as a country. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. The coronavirus has changed the way food is delivered across the country. Many restaurants are closed, people are staying home, and supply chains are out of sync. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Cody Hopkins, the CEO of the Grassroots Farmers Cooperative, about meat shortages and decentralizing the U.S. meat supply during the coronavirus outbreak. Starting first in Italy, with new study results this week indicating asymptomatic spread of coronavirus is more widespread than previously thought. In the town of Vaux, 40% of COVID-19 cases showed no symptoms. The northern Italian town has a population of just 3,200 people and went into quarantine in late February. Researchers have since tested most of the people in the town to use it as a case study for coronavirus infections. Now to the United Kingdom that has seen more than 300,000 total positive cases. It was announced this week that the British economy suffered its worst contraction in 41 years as a result of the coronavirus lockdowns. The UK economy shrank 2.2% between January and March. With continued restrictions in place, the economic fallout for the Brits likely isn't over yet. Finally, in Canada, that has seen more than 100,000 positive cases of coronavirus, travel restrictions are expected to remain in place through much of July. Reports in CTV News detail a study conducted by Statistics Canada that says one in seven Canadians live in a household that experiences food insecurity. The study explains this problem is about to get worse as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. One researcher adds some families may move out of major cities to reduce living costs. So what does the food supply chain have to do with the ability for lower income families to get food, especially protein sources like meat, in the times of COVID-19? So we are focused mainly on on e-commerce and so... Uh, you know, our goal is to sort of cut out the middleman. This is Cody Hopkins, the CEO of the Grassroots Farmers Cooperative. And connect farmers directly with uh, conscientious carnivores who are looking to, uh, to connect with farmers. Know more about, you know, we, we say we have the most educated customers in the world. Um, they want to know more about where their food comes from. They want to know about the farmer and the farming practices and want to support those, those small farmers. Uh, there's so much concentration in the industrial food system. Uh, and you know, they are looking to support a different option and connect with those farmers. What has it been like during the coronavirus pandemic? We've seen issues with supply chains, not only in the United States, but around the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering on the ground as a farmer and the farmers that you're talking to, those who have livestock that are looking to be connected with customers, what has it been like for them? What are some of the challenges they're facing mm-hmm. during the coronavirus pandemic? Yeah, so we've had a lot of farmers reach out to us. And as the supply chain started to break down, especially at the processing level, um, but also as restaurants closed down. Um, you know, farmers who were who were depending on those industrial supply chains or restaurant accounts uh, just they lost their market overnight, right? And and so a lot of them, and we have absorbed some of those farms, brought on some new farms, uh, and helped our farmers increase production because we've seen uh, overwhelming demand since. Uh, since COVID has hit, and uh, we're finding that you know customers are, are wanting to, you know, we're seeing more and more folks who are going online to purchase, and that's making it 
you know, sort of create another avenue for farmers, but also you know, there's some there are a lot of farmers who've been hurt by this as the supply chains have broken down. I imagine this is something that you've been practicing and preaching for a while in what you do with this cooperative. But talk to me about the benefits of decentralizing meat production and where people are sourcing their meat from. I think the coronavirus outbreak in the United States has really highlighted this issue, and it may not be the last time that the U.S. faces some sort of pandemic or natural disaster that will make it more difficult for people to get the everyday items or supplies that they need when they go to a grocery store or even a restaurant. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think so. You know, first and foremost, just the level of concentration. When you have one pork plant that's processing five percent of the the country's pork supply, it just puts us in a really vulnerable position as a country. And uh, you know, so I think that you know, a, a network of of smaller plants. I mean, you know, our plants are still subbing. You know, we're subject to the risk, too, of coronavirus shutting us down. But um, having you know, more smaller plants around the country that are doing processing um, and smaller farms operating around the country gives us a more resilient food system where if one or two go down, you don't have the level of disruption that you're seeing right now in the food system. You saw in you know, May and, and uh, you know, April and you know, could certainly see again in the not-too-distant future. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense to stabilize these supply chains from a grassroots yeah. angle. I wanted to ask you about government involvement in farming and meat production and processing. What does a farmer need from their local government, from their state government, and from their federal government during a disease outbreak like we're seeing? What sort of resources can help to prop up farmers during this time? Yeah, I think that, um, you know, helping farmers, um, you know, when their markets collapse like this, helping them, you know, stay afloat. I think there are some subsidies coming out to uh, farmers who don't currently have a market. Um, so I think that's something that's, you know, it's really important. I mean, there are a lot of farmers out there. That's part of our core mission is helping to create a new generation of farmers. The average farmer in the, in the U.S. right now is around 60 years old. So we usually we say, you know, how <clears throat> in 10 years, who's going to be raising your, your food? Um, and we uh, and so I think there's there's a real need to support those farmers when there's uh, you know with some kind of support when they're when the uh, the, the markets go away like this now uh, for our farmers they're actually you know we're seeing an increase in demand and they need help uh, you know adding infrastructure on their farms and so there's just not a you know, farming is not a super lucrative, uh, it, it's really a passion for most of these farmers more than it is a way, and you know, no one gets rich farming. Uh, so I think that finding ways to help farm, you know, support farmers with additional, you know, um, additional support on the infrastructure side is really important too. Um, you know, and you're seeing some of that from the uh, National Resource Conservation Service. They offer certain um, you know, grants to small and medium-sized farmers who are using certain practices to better, uh, better for the environment and help those farmers create uh, new and alternative markets. So um, it's, you know, the deck stacked against you know, smaller farmers. There's a lot of barriers to entry, but uh, the government could certainly do you know, more on that front to help reduce those barriers. You've been listening to Cody Hopkins, the CEO of the Grassroots Farmers Cooperative. We'll be right back. You talk about how many farmers are prepared to increase production if they have the correct infrastructure. What are you seeing right now in terms of production and supply chain issues? Are there situations where there are farmers who are producing a lot, 
but don't have the clients like the restaurants, for example, or other types of areas where previously business was booming, everyone was going about life as normal, and then this pandemic hit and so many things were shut down. So many people were staying home, maybe conserving resources, finances, mm -hmm. these sorts of things. Are there farmers who have too much supply and not enough demand? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, uh, there's a little bit of, there's that. So, you know, I know of several farms who, it's not easy to pivot from restaurant to some sort of retail or to, you know, a small farm or a small or medium sized farm to go set up an e-commerce site, right? They can, that's, uh, that's not easy for them to do. So it's been very difficult for folks who relied solely on restaurant, on the food service industry, the restaurant industry for their market. Uh, to make a pivot into something else that's going to work for them. And then the folks uh, who, uh, who depend on the industrial supply chain, who are just selling to a, a company that's then going to take it and then process it and, and distribute it around the country, um, like that port plant I mentioned um, in, the, in the Midwest that was producing 5% of the, uh, processing 5% of the pork supply for the country. Uh, when that shut down, you know, there was a huge backup of, of uh, livestock on the farms that were that were selling to those those companies and that's created a lot of uh, animal welfare challenges uh, economic challenges for the farmers and so that disruption has been very very substantial and, and serious and it's putting a lot of farmers on the cusp of bankruptcy I imagine when you're looking at a lot of these small to medium-sized farms they're very community-based these are people who have lived in the areas that they're farming probably their whole lives. How do you encourage, as a cooperative, these types of farmers and the consumers around them to buy and consume locally to stimulate their local economies in the wake of coronavirus? Well, for the farmers, if you can show them the, uh, they all want to to farm this way. Uh, you know, uh, in a more you know, outside you know, on pasture versus in you know chicken houses or large feedlots. Um, you know, they want to farm this way. They just don't have an avenue to sell it. So if you can show them a way, you know, connect them to a market, which is what Grassroots helps them do, um, along with we, you know, we do train them, too, uh, on their, to improve and, and, and grow their, their farms. Uh, but we connect them to markets, and they make more money doing it. They have a more stable income, more reliable income, and it's something that um, it's a pretty easy sell to the farmers. When it comes to consumers, it's about educating them about it's connecting them. People are so disconnected to their, you know, from the, from the food system. Uh, and so, you know, we do a lot of work educating customers on our farming practices, why it's important to support small rural communities, the impact that has. And, um, and, you know, I mean, it's this kind of product, it is more expensive to, to the way we, we raise our animals. It's just more labor intensive. Um, and, you know, we, we work to incorporate our values around you know, improving the environment, having a super high animal welfare standard. Uh, and so it does cost more, but you know, our ground beef is still cheaper than a Snickers bar per pound. So it's a lot about educating customers on, you know, really, you know, what the benefits are of this. And in reality, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's really about, um, you know, consumers picking choices that are, that are going to be healthy for them and not focused on, you know, trying to buy the, the cheapest meat possible. You know. And you get what you pay for. I imagine this meat yeah, is often yeah. a lot healthier than meat that's going through a big corporation, has to be processed and preserved, and takes much longer to actually get to the consumer. If it's going direct farm to consumer, this is the freshest meat you can get. 
Absolutely, yes, 100. percent I mean, it's uh, we've actually done tests, and you know, our meats higher in vitamins, higher in omega threes. Uh, the way we raise our animals, you know, it's not. We say it's not just what what uh, you eat, but what what you eat eat. Uh, you know, so our animals out on pasture, uh, getting fresh pasture every single day, uh, makes a huge difference in the quality and the nutrition value of meat. And uh, and so that's definitely something that our that you know more and more customers are searching out. I think in this during this COVID crisis, people are becoming more and more health conscious, uh, and they're cooking a lot more at home. And so that's making, uh, you know, people are looking for, you know, they're not able to go out to a, you know, a, a nice restaurant in a lot of cases. And so they're trying to source better quality ingredients for their, for, for home where they are cooking more now. And so that's a exciting trend that is really helping support small family farms around the country. Absolutely. I imagine a lot of Americans this weekend hope to be grilling up some steaks for the 4th of July. And I imagine you're hoping they're buying local and through the cooperative. Cody Hopkins, the CEO of the Grassroots Farmers Cooperative. Cody, thank you again for your time. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, in these ever-changing times, you can rely on Fox News for hourly updates for the very latest news and information on your time. Listen and download now at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.